If you watch what weeds are up to, they're a study in, in focus because they're just focusing on running their process. If you cut them down, they start it right back up. They rebuild immediately and they just keep going. They don't get upset that you cut them down. They don't get depressed about it. They just keep going which is what we need to do. Certainly what we need to do in, in tough times, we need to do it all the time. Actually, if you're yeah. gonna win, if you're gonna, be, you're gonna compete in business, you gotta keep going. Welcome everyone, this is the Freedom Media Network. I am your host, Kurt Mercadante, and I'm grateful you're here and you're gonna be grateful you are here listening today or watching. By the way, if you regularly listen to the audio version on our podcast, but you also like some eye candy, not me, but our guests in the topics that we have. And, uh, come on over to freedommedianetwork.com. And, uh, and by the way, today we're going to be talking about weeds. Now, if, if you're if you're in the 420 camp, it's a different type of weeds, but um, we had, I think a couple of years ago, probably in 2020, I believe, uh, today's guest, we had on Stu Hynek. Um, now, Stu is a marketing legend. The American Marketing Association dubbed him the father of contact marketing because of his work, but also his incredible books, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, and then Follow Up, which you were just talking about the pages, the graphics. It's like a high school textbook or, or science textbook. Get the meeting. Um, he's also a Wall Street Journal editorial cartoonist and really a marketing legend in terms of, of, actually reaching out to people, not hiding behind a button, but actually reaching sure. out to people, contact marketing. Imagine that in this virtual environment. Now you use virtual tools as well, but you reach out to people. Stu Hynek, so happy to have you on the show today. Kurt, I'm so pleased, so honored to be with you also. It's such a, such a great thing. I, I, love, I love talking with you. I think we're, we're going to have a blast. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and your latest book is How to Grow Your Business like a weed. You know, you started talking about this months ago. Well, I know, actually, I believe you mentioned this two years ago on our podcast. Um, and so to see it come to fruition and then to read the book really has been, uh, has been amazing. It is an amazing book. I don't just say that. Uh, but, but there's so many things in there. And especially, I think, especially we'll get into it, but the segmentation part of the weed strategy really ties into what happened over the last two years, making yourself kind of immune to things like COVID and things like that. Um, so uh, uh, with that, I, I'd love to start off by asking you, and you tell this story in the book, how did you first become enamored with something that most of us just consider a nuisance? With weeds. <laughs> oh, you're talking about weeds. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not me. I mean, <laughs> So, um, well, thank you so much, Kurt. So, um, yeah, weeds are amazing. They, they really are. But, okay, so what, I, we've lived, we've all grown up with weeds. They're all around us. We, we've noticed, we know, what, we know what it means to grow like a weed. But I don't know if we really stop to realize what that means and, and, you know, how do they do it and all that. So, anyway, one day I was driving down the freeway in, in Santa Monica and, um, and so there's there's six lanes of traffic going one way, six coming the other way, and it's just roaring traffic and tires and speeding cars and so on. No place for a plant to take root. Oh, and then also a 40-foot-wide concrete median. It's all concrete. It's like no plant should be there, right? <laughs> Except that there are little cracks in the concrete. And 
weeds are so clever, so audacious that they're ready to just pounce and take advantage of that as new gained territory. And so that's what I saw. So I'm driving down the freeway and I noticed this little dandelion sort of, you know, bouncing around with a smoggy breeze in the, just growing out of a crack in the concrete median. And I just thought, that's really interesting. I mean, like we see, we've seen this millions of times, you know, but, but this time it, it just, it just struck struck me because I'm just thinking, you know, that's really, how did it get there? Well, of course, we know exactly how it got there. It got there because because dandelions have seeds that float around in the air. They, they probe every possible opportunity to take root. We should be like that in our businesses, right? So they probe every every possible opportunity to gain, to gain new ground. And and then, then I'm thinking, well, you know, it's 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 pretty significant that um, that it's there's no I mean it's like it's not an apple tree growing out of the crack or a petunia because those plants couldn't make it as weeds. It's kind of a an elite club here among plants. They're really the most extreme of the plants. And 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 then finally, I just I just think you know if, when I'm looking at this thing, it looks so happy because it has those happy yellow flowers and those the seed the seed pods with all the seeds blowing around and it just looked happy. It looked like it was just running its process, just happy to do it. And like there was no, there was no, obviously no thought of, well, geez, this really sucks. I ended up in the middle of a freeway. I really saw myself as living at the beach. You know? <laughs> Something like, there was none of that. There was yeah, just an yeah. incredible example of what it means to take root anywhere and, and under any conditions and thrive. And I just thought, you know, I just, I hope I, um, I hope I live up to that in my own career. It was a long time ago. I was a young guy then. So, but I hope I live up to that in my career. And it made me curious ever since. What are weeds up to? What, how do they grow? What are they, we know what it means to grow like a weed, but actually, what are they doing to do that? How does it work? And can we apply it to our businesses? And yeah, we can. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of lessons in this book, not just for building a business, but your career, your life. I mean, you know, the the optimism, uh, you know, the segmentation, the the ability. And I know you and I've had discussions, and 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 need to have some more discussions about the great resignation and work from home, and you're yeah. and you're you're, yeah. you're seeing it there too. Some people. You talk in the in the book about weeds kind of mutating, right? We spray it with all these chemicals, and they're still there because they've mutated. And almost over the last two years, you've seen people who have mutated in one of two directions, or and use the example of restaurants. They're the ones who figured it out, the mm-hmm. ones who create an incredible drive-through strategy for a four-star restaurant, and the other ones who said, "I can't do anything," and they died. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. and the ones who who did it are going to be the stronger weeds next year and the year after or whatever else comes our way in terms of craziness in the world. Yeah. It's only those who evolve that stick around. Uh, and that's, I think that's pretty interesting. You know, so when I set out to write how to, how to grow your business like a weed, one of the things I was thinking of was, well, you know, weeds are great. They're, they're one of nature's great disruptors, but, but, but also, you know, they, they're disrupted all the time too. I mean, we disrupt them with our, with our herbicides and our, lawn mowers and you know all sorts of I'm just digging in our gardens i mean they're constantly uh disrupted as well so they have a great strategy for that they and and you know we, i cover it in the book of course but they've got they've got a great strategy in terms of sort of keeping this even stance um this balanced stance so that you know i mean one of the things we know in terms of disruptions is that 
every um every i don't know every it depends but let's say every five years five to ten years we're going to go through another recession mm -hmm. they happen they happen like clockwork it's like breathing in and out and yet people end up being and i'm i've gone through it my i mean we've all gone through it but i've certainly i've, I've gone through it as well but we we end up being caught flat-footed and uh by that and we and we end up just sort of just you know our businesses can die in those things if we're not prepared and weeds are prepared and so I, you, you mentioned segmentation that's why i'm bringing it up because yeah segmentation is one of the categories of of the weeds model there's sort of eight levels of strategy and one of them is segmentation which is about girding yourself girding your your operation against these disruptions particularly ones that you know are coming and can anticipate i mean it's just you got to be doing something and that's happening right now you know so we, you were mentioning the pandemic but if you look at the news right now all, every, all every other story is about yeah i think we're in recession or we're about to be in recession so recession is coming we're gonna so what are you gonna do for that and the weeds have a solution it's really interesting yeah and it's and it's you know, I'm a big, uh, I, I read the Tao Te Ching and, and some ancient texts. And and one of the things that, gosh, whether it's the Bible, whether it's Buddhism, whether it's, it's almost like they lay out a weed strategy of, there's an old Taoist story about uh, this guy and, and he's going and the guy's training roosters, cocks to fight. And he sees the one that goes around, it's like all angry and it's picking fights with the other roosters. And he's like, that's the one. He goes, no, 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 he's not ready yet. And he comes back a week later and he's kind of like still defensive and a little proud of himself. And he said, now he's ready. No, he's not ready. <laughs> and finally, he comes back and the other roosters are trying to pick at that rooster and trying to, you know, uh, uh, get it to fight and everything. And it just stands there completely emotionless. And they said, now it's ready. And, you know, like you said, every five to 10 years, it's either a recession or, you know, 9-11, the financial meltdown. COVID, something else happens. And if you turn off the news, it's amazing uh, what happens. You just kind of go forth. And, and there's a line in your book. My, my mentor, uh, Joe Peachy, who's been on this show before, sales trainer, he, he always urges me, Kurt, stop thinking. Mm -hmm. And he, he has a line. He said, just stay dumb and excited. And I thought of that. So there's a line in your talk about irrepressible optimism. And it's Alice, is it pronounced Hyman? Or he Heyman. Hyman. Yeah, Hyman. A Alice Hyman says, weeds volunteer in a garden. They just hop right in. They're present without permission. That's basically what a weed is. And then you write, and if that isn't the very definition of irrepress irrepressible optimism, what is? And my mind not only went to the stay dumb and excited, but it actually went to the old, uh, do you remember the old Peter Sellers Pink Panther uh, movie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, yeah. A, he's an idiot. He's dumb. Yet he's so dumb that he doesn't overthink things and ends up like saving the world because he just walks through these things and save them. And I thought, weeds don't have the news. Weeds don't have the panic. Weeds don't have the politicians, the anxiety. They just do no matter what we do to them. <laughs> well, you know, though, you know what's interesting about weeds, though, is that is that weeds also don't have emotions. They really don't have brains, so they don't have, have emotions. And I think one, one of the big messages that came out to me when as I was just writing the book, formulating all this, was that 
if weeds could talk to us, they would tell us we we waste so much energy, so much time worrying or being upset about something, or 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 let's say being um, pissed off because I was I, I should have had this, but I don't have it, or or being entitled. I, I, there's so many so many ways that emotions get in the way. And certainly in business, they get in the way. It's scary to be in business, particularly as a recession is coming. Right? I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of tough to deal with. But the weeds have they they tell us. If they could, if they, I should say, if they could talk, they would tell us, deal with what is, just that, deal with what is, which is what they do. And they do, if you watch what weeds are up to, man, that's all, they're a, they're a study in, in focus because they're just focusing on running their process. If you cut them down, they start it right back up and they keep, they rebuild immediately and they just keep going. They, they don't, they, for example, they don't get upset that you cut them down. They don't get depressed about it. They just keep going which is what we need to do. Certainly what we need to do in, in tough times, we need to do it all the time. Actually, but if you're yeah. going to win, if you're going to be, you're going to compete in business, you've got to keep going and certainly need to deal with what is. And you've got to, you've got to find a way to, I mean, when you, it's just so much, it's so easy to get, have your emotions just take, take, they just, they just run away from you or, or I, I mean, that's not the way of, I want to put it it's just that they they just take over. That's really what I mean to say. So they just take yeah. over, and and the weeds would tell us, no, stop it, because what you really need to do is deal with what is, and and it's one of those things like us in stocks. They say buy low, sell high, and it's so obvious, but it's not easy to do. It's not. It's completely. It goes against all instincts to buy low and sell high. You get excited about stocks when they're high. They get higher. Wow, I got to get in. It's the yeah. worst time to get in, and and then when they're when they when the stock market is crashed, you think that oh my god, I can't put money in now. It's the best time to get in. So right. it's like it's counterintuitive, but but very simple. Deal with what is. Yeah, and the and the emotions are natural, and some people bottom bottle them up, so then they it builds and builds and builds, and then they explode. But other people are like, I have that emotion, but it's like that rooster. You got it in my face, and I'm mad, but I'm just gonna. That's it. It's not going to, it's not going to, uh, Brad Lay, who's a sales, uh, I do know Brad Lay, a sales trainer. He's got a video about, uh, one time he was in a nightclub with his wife and somebody patted his wife on the butt and people <laughs> will tell him, you should have punched that guy. You should have knocked him out. And he said, you know what? If I had done that based on my emotions, what if I hit him? He falls, hits his head, dies. I go to jail for life. Is that worth it? But when you let, like you said, you let your emotions drive the car. Uh, oh my gosh, that certainly yeah. isn't like a weed, right? If weeds did that, yeah. they'd be gone long ago. <laughs> yeah, if we think back on that, on the dandelion in the middle of that freeway, it wasn't letting the fact that it landed in the middle of a freeway get it down at all. So it was running its process with all the all the aggression and urgency and resilience and all the things that they, the ways that they run their their process. It was doing it. And I would say that so this is kind of interesting because it's sort of I would say it was optimistic. If a plant can be optimistic, I would say that it was optimistic. And the, the reason I say that is if optimism can be defined, at least for the moment, as the, the, the lack of depression, hmm. um, I, you know, well, the, the, the depression causes us to slow things down. We, we, we're not urgent. We're not aggressive. We don't do the things that we know we need to do. Instead, because we, we sort of fall in and collapse on ourselves because we don't want to do those things. It's sort of a, it's a self-fulfilling, um, or, or let's sort of, the down, it is a downward spiral. It's just this, this 
this thing that just continues to keep pulling you down further and further. And psychiatrists will tell you that that um, certainly if if you go out and you do the things that you would do, like all they would do is do is just ask, what would you be doing right now if you were more excited and more optimistic? What are the things? How would you act differently? And then they just like, well, I'd be out playing tennis more. Then go do that, <laughs> or I'd be working out. Um, I worked out this morning and I just feel great. And I think actually working out is a great way to manufacture optimism and excitement. And and um, and I think really what they, I, I guess another one of the messages from weeds would be, let your actions lead your emotions rather than the other way around. So don't even, I, I, our emotions are, they are a form of intelligence and they're not, it's, it's, I'm not saying that they're unnecessary. That's not, that's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that they, they do get in the way. And when you need to focus on your mission and on your process, it, it is so much more efficient and so much more effective to deal, or rather to, to let your, your actions lead your emotions. Because if you get things done, you're going to be going, that was great. Wow. Yeah. I feel great. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. those emotions need to be led around rather than the other way around. And by the way, so on the video version, we have uh, some folks from our private membership group, the Freedom Circle. If any of you who are joining, watching live, have any questions, you can type them in the live stream, uh, assuming they're not, uh, you know, profane, which they're not going to be. And, uh, and, we're, and in, in case you didn't, still didn't get it, we're not talking about this kind of weed. Yes, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, although, you know, in some states where it's legal, they're, those businesses are growing like weed. Oh, yeah, they're growing so, like uh, crazy, yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's funny, since since I started reading the book, since our, and actually going back since our discussion, what was it, maybe a month and a half ago, we had a long discussion about the work from home stuff, and and you were talking about the dandelion story. I find myself not just uh, thinking about this concept, the weed concept, uh, when I'm looking at weeds, but when I'm looking at other plants, and when I'm looking, so last night we were... Um, we saw the new Top Gun uh, movie, which, by the oh, way, oh, cool, blew us away. Nice. Uh, the first one, incredible. But there was a preview for the new—I don't even know what it's called—the the Jurassic Park movie, the new one that's coming out, and it's got Jeff Goldblum, who was, of course, in the the first one long ago, and he had a line in the first. So I, I started thinking about this in the first one. They said, "Well, no, we don't remember. They only had males. They only had male dinosaurs." And they said, so it's impossible for them to read. And Jeff Goldblum says, life always finds a way. Yeah. So last night when I was watching the trailer, yeah. I immediately thought, oh, I'm interviewing Stu tomorrow. And it's amazing now when I look, you know, here in the desert, we have some cool plants that I had never seen before growing up Midwest and then the East Coast. And one of the plants here is um, uh, the agave plant which are, are wild here all over the place. And they're amazing. They almost look like uh, kind of aloe plants, except if aloe plants were as hard as and sharp as knives, right? These, yeah. these things. Yeah. But what's amazing is having going through the first uh, su- uh, winter and then summer is, you know, they grow. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be uh, whatever here, but basically they very quickly get an erection. <laughs> I mean, these long eight foot, 15 foot, Holes that pop out, I mean, over a week, wow. like it's eight feet in a week and they flower out. And so I, I never knew this. And so we had a retreat and, we, and, and I was saying, well, where do they get the, for, for the, uh, the sugar, for the, t- the tequila and everything. And, and a guy at my retreat was explaining that's underneath, but this part, which I thought was the flowery part where you get the tequila, he said, no, that pops up like a, like an antenna. It flowers out. And the reason it goes so high is once 
over the summer or the fall, those things, it's a seed strategy. It pops up and then blows away. And I immediately thought of the dandelion story because when we used to have those in the Midwest, you're, you know, if you didn't spray or whatever, at one point your entire thing would be, and they'd be beautiful yellow. And then what they'd be white and then they'd be gone. Those seeds, you couldn't stop them yeah, and bring it back right. to full circle. It's like, no that's matter right. what you do, life finds a way, right? Exactly. <laughs> they're they're, they're way. really clever, aren't they? I mean, and you know, you're in the desert. I don't know if, have you seen tumbleweeds yet? Because that's, a, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's a seeding strategy as well. Really? Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're rolling around seeding the, I mean, so they, they detach, they must be an annual plant because they detach from their root. And then that, the whole upper part just rolls around and it spreads seeds that way. Is that amazing? That is, yeah. I mean, the, the stuff that they do to, you and I are both marketers, right? And so, I mean, our, our, what we toil in for our clients is we're, we're creating seeds. These, anything that causes people to become aware of us and form the intent to transact with us in some way. That's, that is, I mean, marketing is a big part of that. So uh, we're always, I guess we're kind of always looking for new, we're creating new, new strategies for spreading seeds, which is what the weeds are up to too. When you watch what they do, they're just, they're just, I think they're just incredibly, um, I don't know what, you can't, I don't know. You can't say, well, gosh, they're so creative <laughs> they're yeah, so smart. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't really ascribe that to them, but they are, they have this collective intelligence that is just unbelievable. And, and you see it expressed in the way that they, the process and the way that they evolve, and especially the way that they evolve to adapt to, uh, to, um, to, to disruptions. I mean, we we were talking a little bit about reception or recession earlier and, um, I would say that maybe a little bit analogous is when when um, when some of these plants, show, I should say, some of these weeds show up in farmers' fields. Well, farmers they really have to control the weeds, and so they do a lot of that. They do with herbicides, and there's that one weed that is like I mean, like dandelions are they're pretty tame. They you know when we see them in the lawn, we're going oh shoot, I'm not going to get rid of these guys because look at all the seeds that are popping up. Then I'm never going to get rid of these, but they're they only produce 15, well, only, but 15,000 seeds per plant over a five to 10 year period. But the water hemp, which is invading yeah. these farmers' fields right now, produces almost a half, up to 480 million. Oh, what am I saying? 4.8 billion um, seeds per plant. That's still a lot of seeds per plant. Yeah, like you'll never yeah. get rid of this thing. It's not going. It's not going away. And then, but then the thing is that because of all those seeds, those seeds have have mutations in them and lots of them and that they produce so many seeds that it creates these mutations and the mutations are the ways that they evolve around things like Roundup and it it created it, it created um, immunity to Roundup and 70% of all the other herbicides used by farmers in just four years. So, I mean, I guess I just think weeds are incredible are incredible examples that we should be following in our own businesses. And certainly the water hemp says, put out a whole lot of seeds. And that's what we should be doing in our business as well. How many ways can we create impressions out there so that that cause people to become aware of us and form the intent to transact with us in, in some way? Maybe they're gonna become a client. Maybe they're gonna follow us, I don't, whatever it is. We need to put out a lot of seeds or nothing's gonna happen. I mean, it just seems like there are a lot of these messages from weeds that we we can pick up and 
and it just changes everything. And I, I, you know, one of the things that Kurt, I'm going to be really curious about is you have a business too. And so I'm really curious to know what happens, what will happen as a result of reading the book? Will, will your business change? Cause it seems like mine has just because I've yeah. written, but it's like, it's just magical. I just, you end up saying, I need to collaborate more. I need to, I need to pull in more partners. I need to run a, a vine strategy in other words or you know I, but i need to i need to collaborate a lot more than i am and i need to pull a lot more people i need to create more of a network right now i, I can't be operating i'm under one-to-one leverage all the time I, you know or at all there are all these things that'll cause you to change the way you think because you start i guess because you start thinking more like a weed yeah it's easy to get you know and and, and this is maybe this isn't necessarily the optimism and feeling down but it's the overthinking a little bit of of the and i don't do this nearly as much as people and i'm a behavioral trainer too so you know there's people who are calculating or steady behavior styles and and they're slower paced and if they're calculating they really they endlessly you know to 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 quote the funny uh, george w bush uh, butchering of they endlessly st- strategize right <laughs> for years and it's like they don't take action. And it's not necessarily a lack of optimism. It's almost that just, just overthink, 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 overthink. I mean, you've mm-hmm. written three books. There's people who have thought about 60 books but have never written one, and they've had those ideas for, for, that, for that long. And when you think about it, not just the emotions, but just kind of, you know, I think, I think plants, I think weeds. I'm kind of a, 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 well, I am a health nut and study uh, I'm, I'm mostly carnivore and study even vegetables and how they fight you, uh, oxalates and kale, and they don't want to be eaten. Fruits are okay to be eaten. The vegetables don't want to be eaten. And the consciousness there, I I think there's some sort of, you mentioned the intelligence, there's something, but what they lack is, and maybe it's not thoughts and emotions, but maybe this is all, weeds don't have the, uh, the ego to get in the way of an ego, not just meaning I'm a narcissistic, arrogant person, but the ego also, well, if I do this and no one likes me, if I reach out, we were talking about reaching out to podcast famous people. Well, what if I reach out and they don't like me? Weeds don't have that. They just, the seeds, I'm just laying seeds. I'm putting seeds. I'm putting seeds. I'm putting seeds. Yeah. And it's, it's optimism, but it's also just this, and you write about this in the book, it's the focus on process versus, kind of like, is this going to work? Is this not? Uh, and then over time, I guess part of the mutation is the weeds have learned what work and, and what doesn't. And then they, the process gets more efficient probably over thousands of years. <laughs> Millions of years. Yeah. 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 But I think, I think what you're describing maybe a little bit is, is, um, um, so in the book, so in, in how to get a meeting with anyone, I put together this whole model. That's, that's the thing I, I was wondering again, what are weeds, what, how are weeds do we know what it means to grow like a weed, but what are they doing? Do they have a model? Is there some, are there some common traits to how they operate and what they're just, what they're doing? And, um, and it turns out, yes, there's a whole model there. And, and so, and, and I'm going to reveal it. I hope people still buy the book, but yes, you know, yeah, I, I, mean, I wanted you know, to ask about it, but I also want to want to give away too much because the weed mindset, yeah. the weed model. Yeah, well, but yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say though that there a big part of it is there's a weed mindset, 
and which is so strange to think of. There's a, and there's definitely intelligence as well. There's a sort of collective intelligence, but and and there's a weed mindset, which is just so bizarre to think of because they don't have brains. How can they have a mindset? But you, what you, the, the way that they can have it is you see it in their actions. So again, you you, you see that they're that they're resilient and aggressive and persistent and. And urgent. I mean, they just and they run that process. They run the process. Their process is really cool. They're, it's a miracle, really, because it's been honed over millions of years. But it can, it can, it can change on a dime to cha- to to meet any challenge. I was just talking about water hemp and and developing immunity to Roundup. It, they, their process can change quickly. But the thing that's really interesting about their process is that they don't. It's it's just programmed into their DNA. They don't. It doesn't have to be explained to them. They just run it, and they run it kind of like a like a computer runs a program. So there is no emotion in it at all. They're just focused on getting the job done. And they get and and if, if they get set back, it doesn't matter. They just focus again on getting the job done, which is which we could learn a lot from. I just, does that does that make sense? Oh, it does. It does. You know, and and you know, you're the father of contact marketing and. There's pri- in your books you share the highlights, but I'm sure just like any sales professional, there's people not responding and there's no's, right? It, yeah. Is, after writing this book, and and I'd like to ask you, but because you mentioned you've changed some things and, and and the way you're marketing the book using contact marketing and the weed strategy, and you've revealed some of it on LinkedIn and our conversations is great, but from a mindset perspective. Has anything changed in your mindset from since you've written the book from before you wrote the book in terms of how you're doing business or and, and gosh, living your life? You mean from one book to the next or uh, but before before you diving into weeds and after you diving into weeds? <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, there well, so the change has been for me has been happening over a long time because you know when i saw the weed in the in the concrete median that was like i don't that was decades ago and i've been thinking about weeds ever since um and then i've been working on the book for about i don't know let's say the past five years i mean i had to stop to write get the meeting it was was between when i wrote um, how to get a meeting with anyone and then and now this one um and so there was a book that came up in the middle of all that get the meeting but so really it's i've been i've been focused on it for about five years um, but I'll tell you the thing, and I, you know, I got to talk to amazing people. I mean, like one of them was the second interview I did was with T Boone Pickens. And yeah. so some of us will remember him and some, some of us won't, but he was, it was one of the original corporate raiders and a total weed, just a total absolute weed, but a billionaire. And he, he was going around acquiring businesses. And when he didn't, He'd also make run at a lot of a run at the, a lot of the oil companies, and they didn't actually end up acquiring the the the, uh, the business. But their stock, you know, what I mean is they they're attempting a hostile takeover, so they do that by buying stock, and and then when everyone when anyone catches wind that that um, someone is making a run at the stock like that, then everyone wants to get in because now all of a sudden the the, the demand for the stock is higher and the price goes up. So even when he didn't. Even when he didn't, um, when he wasn't successful at taking over an oil company, they'd make hundreds of millions of dollars doing it, just just because yeah. they make made the run at the stock. So, you know, you I, the thing is, 
these people, of course, interviewing these people had an effect, but it wasn't really until, it wasn't actually until, it's really kind of a wild sensation actually here, because it wasn't until I wrote the book and I was getting right toward the end and and suddenly it occurred to me, oh my God, so this is it. I don't, I don't, I don't know why it didn't occur to me before, because there was a whole, it was all laid out, but it's just, this it's so simple here. This is what they're up to. And um, and and then this is what they're saying. Let's say about there's a section in the book called "Scaling Like a Weed," and and it's really important because we're we're taught to be we're taught to be self sufficient um, and to teach ourselves to do anything, to take on any challenge. And entrepreneurs are especially that way. But entrepreneurs are charged with scaling things, and so that 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 one to one leverage that we're we're trained to operate under. It, it prevents us from scaling things. So all of the, I, you know, so I'm, I'm writing and I'm saying, oh my God, I've been doing it all wrong all this time. So there are a lot of things that suddenly have changed in my business because of the experience of, of writing the book. And I can't, I don't know if I can explain it. It's almost like a magical effect. It, it Just by exposing yourself to what weeds are doing, you end up changing your business and it starts growing. It's, it's really amazing. That's amazing. And, and, you know, T-Boom Pickens, we were talking about Josh Steinle, uh, Mark Hunter, uh, Mike Weinberg, and Kathy Ireland, you yeah. know, uh, and, and some huge names. A- as you went about, um, uh, well, I guess two questions. How did you identify the people that you wanted to interview? And when you went out to interview them, employing the weeds mindset, where the weed doesn't care if it gets a no. The weed doesn't care if it doesn't grow today because it's just going to keep growing tomorrow. Was there any mindset that you had to employ with people who either didn't get back to you that you wanted or said no? You know, I, I'm sure, here's the funny thing. I can't remember who said no. <laughs> <laughs> That's good though, right? That's a good there. thing. That's a weed. <laughs> you know, if but I don't know. I'm just trying to think, did anyone say no? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, I no no no. There's there was I was I wanted to interview Alice Cooper and his uh, oh, okay. his his manager was just not was, he was just never going to cooperate and uh, it seemed like he took he took pleasure in that I don't know but Alex would have been cool because look at what a branding maven he is he's, he's he would be amazing to to hear from but um you know I, but you asked how did i choose the people that i wanted to interview and so i wanted to get a whole breadth of people first of all i wanted to understand what weeds were and so i interviewed not only gardeners but and botanists but also weed scientists there are actually weed scientists out there who study of course weeds but they're looking for ways to to control the weeds for, so they, they work on behalf of agriculture and they were really interesting to talk to because then you get a sense of how just what what kind of siege agriculture is under from weeds? They're they're really because they're running out of options. Like if these weeds develop immunity to seventy percent of all the herbicides used by by farmers, then it's you know they're not going to work pretty soon. Right. So that was interesting. But then also, just you know, who, who are some of the who are some of the business personalities out there that would be just incredible to to hear their story and understand 
maybe how they how they saw themselves as weeds as well because when th- I, you know I would share with them what the model was and then they'd say oh my god well like kathy ireland was exactly this way and she would be saying oh my gosh well yeah i i've, I've felt like a weed my whole life <laughs> really okay that's great <laughs> yeah, so right. it was incredible and and then then i was thinking well what about the cia you know i mean the cia and the military because both both of those entities have to be very weed-like you know they, they just they have to go where they're not in, invited and thrive take over and gain new ground and so forth so so interviewing two four-star generals was really i mean, like i didn't even know what to call them you can't i when i when i interviewed barry um mccaffrey well so general mccaffrey yeah um his first name is barry and i'm saying i i don't even know how to address you i don't know if i should call you barry or sir or he said you could either call me barry or your excellency <laughs> so but it was it was you know i just wanted to get as many broad perspectives as i could so obviously also a lot of founders i mean the garib um um ah garib Garib Seamus, I think is it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The founder of Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, I love it. Cause we're going to the, our local Phoenix Comic-Con tomorrow. And so, oh, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was, he was really interesting. And he was saying I was a nerd, but I really, I knew that superheroes were going to, and comic book superheroes were going to, were going to take over one day. And he was right. And he's right in the middle of it. So he, he has thrived um, sort of like a weed. And he just kind of showed up with these, these ideas that no one else wanted to listen to at first, and that's okay. I mean, that's very weed-like, isn't it? Because he persisted, and now he's sort of the, the king of the mountain for, for that. Um, but anyway, so that I, I just wanted to get a really broad set of perspectives on, now that I have this, now that I see what weeds do and what their model is, how has it worked out there? How have other people used it? And, and how has it shown up in various disciplines and various areas of expertise in business but then also like outside of business you know how do how does it how does it work in the military i mean it's just you know the the the, the determined the sheer determination actually david petraeus general petraeus said that we we'd like sheer determination is is absolutely essential in in the military um and it's essential for winning wars i mean you you can't shrink away from uh from challenges I mean, that's pretty obvious but you can't shrink away from it you can't be discouraged you just can't allow yourself to be discouraged you just gotta move you have a mission move deal with what is so it's all very very weed like yeah and, and you know there's some weeds that are invasive before you even know they're there right all of a sudden they're there and they they kind of were under the radar and uh, as you were mentioning generals, I, I interviewed, uh, actually it was in person, February, late February of 2020. He was the former chief China strategist for the Department of Defense. Uh, he wow. worked for the Joint Chiefs. Um, he was let go for ringing the, the warning bell of China infiltrating 5G networks for nefarious means and all that. But wow. it, it's very interesting because we actually talked about this coronavirus thing. And it was like late February and he started talking about China and everything. But it, it dawned on me, he's got a book that is, um, and I read it in the lead up to everything that happened and it's, it's a scary book. Um, but it's called, um, stealth war, how China took over while America's elite slept. Right. And it goes through this whole thing. And in 2049, I'm sorry, in 1949, Mao 
basically released the 100-year plan that by 2049, they are going to be the hegemon. They're going to be more powerful than the U.S. Now, they're on track to be, I think, by that point, three times the size economically, right? But how they employed it is a weed strategy. They, they kind of went under the radar. They didn't, they, didn't, they, they didn't flower as we're this big, powerful thing. They got us to donate our technology, nuclear technology to them. Then they went out and basically had a weed strategy of building people's uh, 5G infrastructure. They call it the Belt and Road Initiative. They're building roads. They're building factories. And they would say, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of cheap cell phones. You can give them. You can be the hero to all your people. We just want the data. And they've done this. And it's like, it, it reminded me, uh, you know, at the time it did, but now I, I, it, it's a total weed strategy where all of a sudden, that you remember the old Roadrunner uh, cartoon where Wiley Coyote would be standing there and he'd be looking around and Roadrunner would be sawing uh, the, 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 the circle around him yeah. and he didn't even know it before he realized it was too late. That's yeah. what China's done. That's kind of what a weed does, right? Like you move in and it's all blah, blah. And it's like, wait a second. Now I can't. It's like you moving into your house and and those uh, the berry bushes that you yeah. write about yeah. that were behind you. It's like now it's too late. Like we didn't catch it right. Like what do you do now? And it, it's dawned on me from a from a uh, not just a business perspective, from a foreign policy perspective. There's some weed strategies that have been absolutely. By. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what? So I, I mean, I would say within the weeds, the weed mindset. Um, one of the one of the traits in the weed mindset section is. Um, is aggression, um, and it's it comes right after right after um, um, urgency. And you might think, well, those are the same things, but they're not. Hmm. Um, urgency is about I think urgency is about how you create importance around something. And um, but but aggression is at least in the weeds case, I think is I think that manifests in how they just they just they're just very aggressive at running their process. Their process is everything. Um, and again, it's been honed over millions of years. I mean, flowering plants showed up on Earth, according to the to the fossil record, they showed up on Earth about 145 million years ago. I'm going to think some of those were weeds, probably all of them. Yeah. Were, I don't know. <laughs> but, but that's but let's say that's when they started when they appeared on Earth. So they they had a very long time to hone their process and. Um, and, you know, the process is everything that they do to grow faster than all the other plants and to spread further than all the other plants and to to have multiple growing seasons that, that, that keep going well beyond when everything else is is browning and, you know, browning out or going into senescence. All those things, all, everything that they do, it's all it's all just reduced to a process that they run automatically. And and so aggression, I think. In, in the, their form of aggression is that they run that process like they just run it like crazy. And so you don't see it. I mean, when you look at a weed, you don't see it growing, but it's running its process with, with great aggression. And it's very stealthy. This is just like you described. It's, it's kind of a stealthy thing, but you just you don't realize it until like, oh, my God, look now, look, it's all it's all over the place. Or now, look, that company just went that my competitor, let's say, who was acting like a weed, suddenly went way beyond us. And they're just running their process aggressively. It's, it's interesting. As I was reading the book, uh, there's a lot of similarities between uh, weeds and water, right? When you go and see water, it just runs downstream and you could put boulders against it. But here in the mountains, some of those boulders just get worn away. And, uh, and the water doesn't get all emotional about, oh my gosh, there's a boulder. It just keeps running. 
And traditionally, maybe up until I don't know what the year is, uh, humans. I mean, the extinction or near extinction event that we've had. And we, at one point, we were reduced to 10,000 humans on Earth after the, uh, Mount Toba, they think, this volcano 75,000 years ago. Hmm. And they find humans buried under the ice, you know, that there was some extinction event, comet, about 10,000 years ago. That humans were weeds, maybe not so much anymore, uh, depending on what mutations take place and, and, and some of those things. But um, I guess the weeds just keep mutating to be stronger. I'm not sure about humans. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I mean, a lot of what we see weeds doing is they're they're going through through evolution, and we we're wow, we're a wild we're a wild species because we we extend our evolution. We, we do all kinds of bizarre things. So certainly, one of the things we do is we extend our evolution through technology. Right now, I mean, we can communicate all over the all over the globe and beyond. We can do all kinds. We fly. We do all kinds of things that we're not really otherwise prepared to do. If, based on our evolution we don't have wings you know we don't we don't yeah. travel 600 miles an hour or more uh, you know we don't do those things we extend our evolution quickly through technology and i would say also through healthcare well like which is also a form of technology but we live longer than we should or would otherwise um and so we're yeah we're crazy we're a crazy species but we could still you know if, when we're just talking about about growing a business or growing really almost growing a growing a career or probably growing anything there i think that weed strategy is that sort of that theory of everything it just sort of mm. brings it all down it distills it all down into this very quick very succinct essence and it's the theory of everything about growing anything so mm. it still helps us even though we're this crazy we are very crazy we're nuts yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, and one of the you know god you know one thing i wish we could learn from weeds or I hope we do, because you know the book is just coming out. Maybe we do learn from weeds. Is that part of their part of their mindset? Is that they're huge on um, on collaboration. They do everything for collaboration. And look at look at how we're we're so fractured, and and it's how how wasteful that is. If we were working toward common goals, man, we'd just wow. We'd watch out. We'd just be just. We we probably are the our nature's biggest disruptive force. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, but so maybe it's not weeds. But um, but if we were if we if we just took that from weeds to uh, to maybe to deal with what is, but then also to collaborate, just to understand how important it is, how important all of us are to each other, and how just how much more we can do when we collaborate, how what we can achieve when we collaborate. We can see it. I mean, you do see that, but. We're not collaborating broadly. I mean, that's kind of probably the point of civilizations to collaborate, but we're not doing it willingly or or broadly or I don't know. We, there's so much rancor and yeah, uh, just sort of just the the antithesis of of collaboration. So I hope people pull that from weeds as well. Yeah, it's it's. I think some of that goes back to ego, right? It's it's the this versus that. Everything's got to be good versus bad. You have to take a side. You have to. We just don't do that. We just keep growing. Is, and, and they work together. They don't take a side. They, they're all on the same side. Yeah. They right. they and that's go. abundant, right? It's not like, oh, uh, Stu grew his business, which means he's taking away from me. No. Right. It's like, let's all grow together. Let's all... Um, you, you mentioned technology. And, and speaking of some weed companies that you obviously mentioned in the book, and this is probably more of a a, a, a uh, one that's kind of Captain Obvious, right? But, but you look at Amazon. And... <sighs> 
a few years ago, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, Jeff Bezos made a quote that everyone likes to share, but I actually disagree with. Uh, and he said that your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm. And the longer they go on and Amazon keeps becoming more and more of a valuable brand money-wise and people rely on them. And the more and more people hate Jeff Bezos and Amazon, like, right. It's like, it's like Walmart and Amazon. Everyone complains about them, but they, they just keep growing like weeds. Yeah. And to me, it's like, well, people don't say very nice things about Amazon when they're outside of the room. And yet their brand keeps growing because they have a weed strategy and everyone now needs the seeds. Everyone goes to Walmart. They'll complain about Walmart and China and then go do all their daily shopping. there. And it's like the same with Amazon. Yeah. But you know, you know what's going on with Amazon is, is and it's, it's what goes on with every weed. Like weeds never do anything without an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. And Amazon has lots of the, and, and that's really a, a big part of the big point of weed strategy and, and, and how to get a meeting with anyone is I'm not, not that how to grow your business like a weed. That was the other <laughs> book. But get that book too. You know, big part of the strategy is developing or cultivating unfair advantages. And I can't think of a better example than in in modern times than Amazon. Look at all the things that they have introduced. I mean, it's so easy to shop on Amazon. It's so easy to find them. There are reasons for all this. I mean, these haven't just, they're not by accident. You can buy anything on Amazon. And then now, um, let's say, you know, we've, we're, now we've, we've just come out of two years of lockdown, essentially, uh, whether it's you know, mandatory or, or, or voluntary, but basically we've been locked down and locked in our, how our homes for two years. And well, how, how do you shop? But through Amazon, I mean, they're just the default, the, the default choice. Now I think that, you know, as, as companies become so powerful and you can't avoid them anymore, I think that causes resentment as well, but you still, you still, I think that's maybe what you're describing. You still shop with them, but you know, they they make everything about shopping less with I mean they just create they eliminate more and more friction they make it fast I mean they're the ones that are they're, they're the ones who first talked about delivery by drone I, I kind of I hope they don't do that because it's going to be noisy for what right like, yeah yeah they, we have enough joints but, around here and it gets like I'm in my backyard trying to read or meditate and I got one up ahead, you know, which yeah. makes me angry, which defeats the purpose of the meditation. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but Amazon is probably one of the best examples of, of a company acting like a weed. And I don't mean just like, I don't mean just a company, but it's a whole collective. Remember I was saying, you, you, need, to, you need to scale like a weed, you need to move to collective scale. And they've done that in a huge way. I mean, look at that. I believe they were the ones who started affiliate program, affiliate programs, right? Um, they, they're the ones that, that I think they, they, um, I think they patented one click checkout. Oh, really? No, it's not one click anymore, but, right. but yeah. they patented that. They, they, um, they have, in, they've, they've involved um, essentially all of the storefronts, all of the stores in the world essentially are on Amazon. You can get anything on Amazon. And, and if you're, I guess, a member of Prime, then you can get it with free shipping and you get it within two days. And that's amazing. I mean, all of this stuff, these, these, these are things that people are used to now, but these were all innovations that caused Amazon to grow, not just like a weed, but like a, a whole species. Of, they're like a whole species of a, of a weed. You know, they're, they're, they're just, they're everywhere. 
Yeah, because and like you mentioned, because of the impact they have on consumers, consumers who hate them. You know, you you may look at a weed and say that's ugly. You know, farmers try to do everything, and the weed just keeps growing. Doesn't care how ugly you think it is, because their roots are in that impact and and what they do. So there's a lot of people who think Google's ugly, and they keep running ads on Google. You know, they they think uh, Amazon's an ugly weed, and they keep shopping through them. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but they're growing like no. a weed because they've planted roots that make it so easy for you to use that it's like uh, you can spray the herbicide. You can do all these things. Everyone complains about some of the social networks. They try to come up with other ones that just don't take root. And you know, some of these yeah, just keep yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I just, and, and I want to say that, that when I'm describing the, when I'm describing Amazon or, or, or anyone else, really, I mean, um, SpaceX is another one. Elon is another one. Um, I, I think I'm lately, my biggest compliment that I can give someone is, man, you're just, you are a total weed. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stand up again and show you my t-shirt because this is kind of a cool yeah. thing. We're, we're putting this together. Can you That's awesome. see that? The total, total weed award. I'm, I'm teaming up with the, with NASDAQ, the NASDAQ entrepreneurial center to, to make that an annual award for entrepreneurs who are total weeds. Who are audacious and they they've created this explosive growth through these just just incredibly audacious thinking and um and it's going to be a blast and and if amazon was i mean i don't know if amazon will win the they were the kind of obvious like spacex is obvious is an obvious one and um elon musk but i don't like you know when you watch spacex or elon's development process for starship right now it's it's been on hold most recently, but you just watch it on, I watch it on YouTube and they keep sending these rockets up and then they come down and they explode and they send, I'm, and first they just looked like grain elevators flying around. And then, then they started to look more and more like rocket ships, like something from Buck Rogers perhaps. But then after a while, it was, you know, the, 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 it goes up like, I don't know, 14 miles and then does a belly flop and then comes down and sticks the landing. And just like what they did with with the, the whole Falcon system, booster system, that we're so used to seeing now that, that we, we just see them come down and land on a on either either a pinpoint target on the ground or or on a on a drone at sea, and and we're so used to them just doing it now. And but that process, that development process, is a lot of try fail, try fail, try fail, try and succeed, and suddenly. And they're so audacious in their goals that suddenly they're doing something that no one's ever done before. And like no one else can do. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So all of, they're all very, very weed-like. And they're, and I would say they're both, they're all total weeds. Maybe I'll, maybe an honorary word. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the smart, I remember when, when, when Jobs first announced the iPhone, I thought it was dumb. Like, I don't want that in my hand. And then I went into an Apple store and I played with it and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I saw yeah. other people playing with it. And there's, a, are you familiar with Tyler Cowen? He's an economist at George Mason University. He's no. written, uh, he was named the Economist of the Year. He's got a very interesting take on some things. Um, he had a podcast, very popular podcast and a book, and someone wrote in, and this is going to make sense, but says, I, have you ever been tested to whether or not you're on the autism spectrum? And he took offense. Mm. And the guy said, well, because I am, and I think you might be, 
And I think it might be a key to your brilliance and how you just, you just kind of go forward and forward and you don't, criticism doesn't matter to you and everything. And so he writes, he wrote a whole book about it. I can't remember the name of the book, but it was, it was uh, basically like I went and got tested. I think the guy's right. So he did this yeah. whole book about, uh, I don't know if at that point Elon was really around yet, but Steve Jobs, Bill Gates went into all these people who kind of their companies grew like weeds yeah, yeah. And made a case that all of them might be on the spectrum. So actually, when you go back to the ego thing, and you if you ever see Elon go and people try to break through while he's talking, it just doesn't register to him. And then you look back on when the, the experts told him, that's oh, $80 million to build a single rocket. And he said, no. And he went and he just went and put together on the open market to buy the pieces of the rocket and then hire people. It's almost like maybe there's some part of that ego mind that's just not there. It's like a, it's like almost a superpower um, I wonder. I don't know. And yeah. perhaps we could be. I will have to create a weed spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Right. There you go. There you go. Weed my wife. My wife's a speech therapist, so she works with a number of people with, with who have autism or on the spectrum. And and she's like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's so interesting. It's almost like the things that bother us just don't bother them. They just they just go. And and um, and it, and uh, well. I, I digress, but I wonder. I, I I just I wonder because I'm thinking. Well, I, I don't I don't I don't know if I'm autistic. I don't, I don't think I am. But but there you get to this point where you say this thing has to exist. I have to make this thing exist. Yeah. And I, I know I see that with I see that just in spades in what what Elon. Well, any of these people that we just spoken about, Elon, Steve Jobs, um, Jeff Bezos, and so on. I mean they. They're just not stopping. I mean, yeah. they have they have something that just has to it just has to happen, and so I I certainly understand that feeling. I go for that too. I'm not on their yeah. I'm definitely not on their scale, but but you know you just get to this point where it's like I got to make this thing happen. I can't do it I'm like this. Life my life can't go on without making this thing happen. And you surely see that with the let's say Elon. I mean, he's probably the most the most dramatic example right now and. Once the FAA clears the, the the orbital testing, we'll see a lot more of this blossoming with um, with SpaceX and Starship. That's I mean that thing's going to be amazing yeah. when he finishes when when he gets to the point where he wants to. I don't think he'll ever finish it, but it's going to take us to Mars. It's going to make us a multiplanetary species. It's going to um, it's going to allow us to to fly from let's say L.A. to London in twenty minutes. Those kinds of things. It's it's it's, it's going to be amazing. And every step of the way, he's had people, I think Buzz Aldrin, people in the space program. There's a 60 Minutes episode where Elon's actually crying because his heroes are saying this is this is irresponsible. He's not the government. He's not doing it. And yet he just kept he just, just kept keep going. going like a weed. Yeah, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we just so, don't care if you approve, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they just keep growing. Yeah. So, so I'd like to ask you, you're, you're, and in the book, you, you kind of, uh, you, you call your shot, right? Like, here's what I'm going to do to market this book. You need, and you, you, you lay out some of your weed strategy. You've laid it out on LinkedIn. I mean, some of the things, you know, you sent Jocko Willing. Jocko, if you're listening, I know you're probably listening to my podcast. Jocko must Get back be listening. To Put the shirt on. Put the shirt on. That's right. <laughs> um, so what are, what, can you lay out, what, what are some of the weed strategies you're or what is the weed strategy and the weed tactics you're employing as part of that strategy to market your book? And in the process, I mean, the, the book's part of the weed strategy for your business, right? So well, do you, do you remember the last line in the book? I don't know if you do, because I was, I knew that I wanted to use this as the last line before I wrote the book, but I was saying the, uh, the, those weeds in your yard, they're working for me now. 
<laughs> because um, because they are. Yeah. I, because I think actually a big part of my the weed strategy behind the book is there's this huge unfair advantage I have that I've, I'm tied into weeds. Nobody else is writing about weeds as a as a you know as, a, as something you should pay attention to for for growing your business. Um, and and so you know and they're they're just they're everywhere and they keep renewing every spring or I guess every fall in the southern hemisphere. But they're they're just everywhere. Everybody knows what it means to grow like a weed. Um, that's all of that is built in. But the, the thing that's really built in is weeds are everywhere. They're everywhere all around us. So you just go outside and you'll get you'll be reminded of it. If you go outside after hearing this this interview, I guarantee you you'll start saying you'll start looking at weeds differently. And you'll be saying, huh, that book. I've got to get that. I hope you'll be yeah, saying right. get that book. And then I hope you'll be saying, I've got to leave a good review. <laughs> yeah, when I read that, I was like, all right, Stu's, get, Stu's living rent-free in my head now every time I look at a weed. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is definitely part of the weed strategy for the book. Yeah. And you're, and you're employing a, a number, not surprisingly, a number of really interesting contact marketing plays, right? And I see people... Uh, yeah, I see people now on LinkedIn, which is incredible. It's not even you posting. They're posting pictures of the package that they got from you with the paper and the seeds and the book and everything, which is you're letting them pollinate or not pollinate, germinate right for you. They're spreading the seeds. You're they're just seed pot, they're seed pods. Yeah, yeah, they're seed pods. Well, you know, so I, we're going to do some interesting things with the book. Uh, we're, we're starting to set up set up brand partnerships so that um, the book will become a contact device. I mean, it's kind of met, mixing all of it together, but it'll become a contact device for, for a sales team. So it'll be packaged in some cool stuff, some cool packaging that causes people to just say, what the, what, what is, I've never even seen it. What is this? And, and so the, the package you're referring to, I can show it on screen here. Yeah. Um, but I'll also describe it because people are listening. But so it's this box with, with all this weed, well, this, the antique, they're actually antique botanical renderings of weeds, of weed species. So it's all over the box. And then when you open it up, there's, um, the, the book is in, oops, <laughs> this, the book's inside and there's a card that's not in there, but then there's this seed, the seed pack. And, and that's, that's actually my favorite. Well, I guess the book is my favorite part, <laughs> but otherwise this seed pack is my favorite part because you know, it's, it's, it's like any seed pack you'd find in a nursery or, or a hardware store, right? Especially right now we're doing this in the springtime. And, and so there are actually dandelion seeds in here and on the back, it explains a little bit about the book, but then it also says, it says, if you, if you, if you really don't know what it means to grow like a wood, if you really need to see what it looks like, all right, empty the contents on your lawn and watch what happens. Or, or you could use it as a bookmark, which is really what it is. <laughs> so a little package, you know, even, even the, even the packing material, it looks like it's wrapped in weeds. Yeah. You know? So it, it's, um, it's a cool piece. We're, so we're setting those up as devices that a sales team will have available. They'll just, they just go onto a web portal and they say, okay, I need this. I need one sent so-and-so and a card will be, will be a handwritten card will be written up from that person robotically and um and the, it'll be packaged in some cool packaging it'll go out the next day by fedex and and it'll 
go with this. The message is, hey, we, we really care, but I really care about your growth. And I think you'll really enjoy this book. I think you'll really get a lot of insight from it. Um, but I'd also like to invite you to meet the author. So we, we have a, we have a, a, a roundtable on Zoom coming up next week. So I'd like to invite you to be my guest on that roundtable. So it's, we've got this whole system set up around the book, and it'll be, um, you know, how to grow your business like a weed, showing up in people's hands and then meeting the author and then giving the sales teams a great device to create contact. Wow. Wow. Have you had any, uh, any, any, we'll have to, we, the, as we record this, the book isn't officially out yet, right? No, it hasn't quite. We're, we're, we're a little bit pre-launch. Yeah. So when this airs, the book will be out. Um, and uh, we'll have to come back and update once you have the portal and all those things and some of those things. But ha have there been any, either for maybe for you personally on, on some of the outreach, because I know you're also doing some cool contact marketing with podcasters and other things, any, any cool stories that you've experienced yet from your efforts, your weed efforts with the book? Um, I, well, people love the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I'm, when I'm reaching out to some podcasters, uh, um, like Joe Rogan or, or, and so I've not broken through to them yet, but um, I don't know. I think it'll take some time and, and yeah. I'm sure it'll happen. Um, well, once they see me on this program, I'm sure that that yeah, this will be the key, you know, you know? uh, That's yeah, right. it'd be uh, <laughs> 60 <thing>. minutes. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you no, know, I love being on your podcast. Look, yeah. the thing is, I, I love being on your podcast because it, it, this is a, it's a fun time, good way to, to, to explain how weeds can um, can change our lives, oddly, yeah. it's such a yeah. strange thing. But somehow, if you read the book, how to get, how to grow your business like a weed, you will grow your business like a weed. It's weird, and and Kurt, I'm sure this will happen with yours as well. I think the more you look at the weeds, and I mean, you're talking about weeds that I don't know about. I mean, I know what the, the agave plant is, but I'm not in the desert. I don't get to see what right. these what your weeds are doing, and they're going to show you these incredible lessons and. You're going to take, it's sort of like, you know, Doug Burdett, Douglas Burdett, who, who hosts the Marketing book, book Podcast, also was one of the people I interviewed for the book. So he gave a great, uh, a great quote that's up at the front of the, the book, one of the, among the, the many quotes, that, um, that weed strategy is nature's SWOT analysis. Hmm. And I believe that people are going to be going, they'll, they'll read this book and they'll hear about the book and they'll start and just start to discussing and what's your seed strategy, what's your seed pod strategy and so on. And I think they're going to notice what weeds are up to all around them and it will cause them to grow. It's weird. It causes you to grow your business. It's just weird. Well, Stu, I am, uh, I am going to employ weed strategy. Uh, the first thing I got to get over my uh, my fear of details. Like you hold up the dandelion seed pack, and I'm like, oh, now I got to go. I got to go do, uh, you know. And, and I, you know, the, I'm not I'm not in any way crafty, but I, you know, it, it's a lot easier when you just start researching things. And and I've done that before. I mean, I, I remember sending baseballs to people with logos oh, yeah. on them and things like that. It's actually yeah. a lot easier once you just do five minutes of homework, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, well, Stu, it has been a pleasure. I really want to thank you for coming on the show. What? I, well, I'm 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 honored. I, I'm, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Yeah, we're gonna um, we're going to share the links to the book. Uh, I'm going to promote the book. I will leave you a, a great review. The oh, book. Good. And thank, by the oh, way, yeah, thank you. We talked about this, but I'm I have like my weird little I don't know what it is, but my little mental thing. Like when I get a book, I love real books instead of Kindles and everything. 
I love the feel and the smell and pay and all of Stu's books are like textbooks from like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but, uh, but it's a, it's a, if you're into the actual structure of a book, uh, it's great, but also more importantly, the content, uh, is incredible. The information's incredible. Um, Stu, thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. And don't forget to be like a weed. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely.